It'll be easy enough to get through. She was up on the chimney piece while she said this, though she hardly knew how she'd got there. And certainly the glass was beginning to melt away, just like a bright silvery mist. In another moment, Alice was through the glass and had jumped lightly down into the looking glass room. The very first thing she did was to look whether there was a fire in the fireplace, and she was quite pleased to find that there was a real one, blazing away as brightly as the one she had left behind. So, I shall be as warm here as I was in the old room, thought Alice. Warmer, in fact, because there'll be no one here to scold me away from the fire. Ooh, what fun it'll be when they see me through the glass in here and can't get at me. Then she began looking about and noticed that what could be seen from the old room was quite common and uninteresting, but that all the rest was as different as possible. For instance, the pictures on the wall next to the fire seemed to be all alive, and the very clock on the chimney piece, you know, you could only see the back of it in the looking glass, had got the face of a little old man and grinned at her. They don't keep this room so tidy as the other. Alice thought to herself as she noticed several of the chessmen down on the hearth among the cinders. But in another moment, with a little oh of surprise, she was down on her hands and knees watching them. The chessmen were walking about, two and two. Here are the Red King and the Red Queen, Alice said in a whisper for fear of frightening them. And there are the White King and the White Queen sitting on the edge of the shovel. And here are two castles walking arm in arm. I don't think they can hear me, she went on as she put her head closer down. And I'm nearly sure they can't see me. I feel somehow as if I were invisible. Here something began squeaking on the table behind Alice and made her turn her head just in time to see one of the white paws roll over and begin kicking. She watched it with great curiosity to see what would happen next. It is the voice of my child, the White Queen cried out as she rushed past the king so violently that she knocked him over among the cinders. My precious Lily, my imperial kitten... And she began scrambling wildly up the side of the fender. Imperial fiddlestick, said the king, rubbing his nose, which had been hurt by the fall. He had a right to be a little annoyed with the queen, for he was covered with ashes from head to foot. Alice was very anxious to be of use, and as the poor little lily was nearly screaming herself into a fit, she hastily picked up the queen and set her on the table by the side of her noisy little daughter. The queen gasped and sat down. The rapid journey through the air had quite taken away her breath, and for a minute or two she could do nothing but hug the little lily in silence. As soon as she had recovered her breath a little, she called out to the white king, who was sitting sulkily among the ashes. Mind the volcano! What volcano? said the king, looking up anxiously into the fire, as if he thought that was the most likely place to find one. Blew me up! panted the queen, who was still a little out of breath. Mind you come up the regular way. Don't get blown up. Alice watched the white king as he slowly struggled up from bar to bar, till at last she said, Why, you'll be hours and hours getting to the table at that rate. I'd far better help you, hadn't I? But the king took no notice of the question. It was quite clear that he could neither hear her 
nor see her. So Alice picked him up very gently and lifted him across more slowly than she had lifted the Queen, that she mightn't take his breath away. But before she put him on the table, she thought she might as well dust him a little. He was so covered with ashes. Oh, please don't make such faces, my dear, Alice cried out, quite forgetting that the King couldn't hear her. You make me laugh so that I can hardly hold you, and don't keep your mouth so wide open. All the ashes will get into it. There, now I think you're tidy enough, she added as she smoothed his hair and set him upon the table near the Queen. The King immediately fell flat on his back and lay perfectly still, and Alice was a little alarmed at what she had done and went round the room to see if she could find any water to throw over him. However, she could find nothing but a bottle of ink, and when she got back with it, she found he had recovered, and he and the Queen were talking together.